Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 10 of the Polis Podcast Season 2, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is my co-host and comic book extraordinaire, Hector. On today's episode of the Polis, we've got we a great French? show for you. Huh? Why are we French? Well, you know, I, I'm French. Okay. You know, you're, you're not. I understand. But you are a comic book extraordinaire, and... We're going to tell you why, because we've got to hit all of the latest news. We've got lots of stuff to update you on our most recent poll recommendations from the last two weeks, our new favorite number ones. And there were a lot in the last couple weeks. But kids, this is the Poll List Podcast. So strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic sign. Uh, better put the word out. Get ready for the nerd out. Better put specs on. Better bring next. Oh, it's good to be back. But there's so much news. There's lots of crazy stuff going on. And unfortunately, we have a huge, exciting opening. But I know as many folks have probably heard in the last few days, by the time you guys hear this, for us, it's the last few hours. But um, the MCU lost a giant um, to colon cancer in... Uh, the Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, passed away, who's apparently been battling cancer for over four years. So for any of you that are keeping track and thinking through that thought process, he gave us every ounce of Black Panther from the point he had been diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. And I have no words to describe how unbelievably amazing that really makes what he was able to accomplish over those four years and how unbelievably shocked I was to hear that. Not just but, like wow. the, not just with what he gave in the role of Black Panther, but I meant the fact right. that he was doing hospital visits, the fact that he was yep. being a positive role model and leader and doing things like that. And, you know, and then he was making other movies, like whatever that right. one movie about, like all the bridges or whatever. Um, yeah. 21 I bridges um, was one of the other movies. He was obviously in uh defy bloods um, that just recently came out. He, what else? There was a bunch of stuff. Uh, 42. Um, just that you, when you start thinking about all the things you're like, wow. And like you said, that he took a lot of time visiting cancer wards for kids and stuff when he was going through the same battle. I, I'm just beyond shocked. And I'm also in one of those positions of I'm tired of hearing the word cancer. I think we're all tired of hearing the word COVID, but let's be completely honest. We keep hearing the word cancer and it does not make me feel any better anytime I hear it. But, and you know, lo for, lost them. Wow. For me, um, it's. I'm not going to say that it makes my struggle any worse than anybody else's, but so <clears throat> we heard about Chadwick on Friday night. Yep. Um, my family and friends were in the middle of watching Bill and Ted three. And when I saw the news on Facebook and, you know, we stopped the movie and we talked about it. Um, and so that was shocking enough. And then Saturday in the middle of a con event I was doing, um, my aunt, which is my closest relative, she's my dad's little sister. She's the, you know, closest in my age on my dad's side of the family called to tell us Got that, you. Mm -hmm. um, she had cancer. Um, oh. so, you know, I, you know, I had the, the slight sting that came with Chadwick. Not that that wasn't important, but like that I, you know, literally had one of my closest family members 
come out and tell me that. And it was out of the blue and I literally just had to walk away. And then, um, you know, this morning and I'll, I'll leave this because I'm not, this isn't public knowledge yet, but like, uh, someone I minister with on a regular basis, uh, you know, just found out this week that they have cancer as well. So I'm like, I'm with you that, um, it's, it's a connective thing for all of us. Um, just the fact that we don't, you know, Stephen Amell works with the charity of F cancer. Um, and that's one of the things as a pastor, I rarely own clothing or anything that actually has profanity on it. But lately I've been like, "Mm, I might buy a hoodie. Um, just no. And I think sadly for whatever reason, and and I think there's validness to the concern that I do feel like we all have one of these stories. And there was a time when, you know, the C word was that, Oh, Oh my. But now it just feels like it's everywhere. Um, the story. And for, for me as well is I lost my father, um, in 2010 to, to throat cancer. And, that's why, yeah, I, I'm the same way that I'm very close to acquiring some of that um, gear and supporting that as well for the same reasons that it seems strange. But I feel like that's another one of those things that we just need to be much more conscious of in our society. And here we are, you know, we've lost another person that was giving so much to the world. Um, so for those that are going to be able to, we're basically recording here on Sunday and folks will hear it. But ABC News not ABC News, but the network is airing um, all of Black Panther um, and then uh, tribute. So hoping to partake in that this evening. So if you didn't, if you missed it, hopefully ABC will make that available to everyone after the fact. But yeah, another another great in the in the comics uh, entertainment business just gone far too soon. Um, so we definitely pray for the family and for everyone that's been impacted by this because you can see Facebook just lit up with fans that when something just hits and you don't expect it you see usually a little more and but you just see it everywhere that we we had a strong uh character and Chadwick brought him to to be so just just sad um but we grieve together as a comic family and because that's what we are, the family and the uh, community is important to all of us. And we all have our bits and pieces that we enjoy. And that's why we do the podcast. And so we can move on into some other bits of what's going on in the industry, but just have that in the back of our minds and uh, celebrate the the life of a really great guy. So kind of moving on into the Marvel world. We do have some more news with we know that the movie The Eternals is coming at some point in the next phase and coming with it is going to be a new run on Eternals. So they're returning to print comics in November and Gillen and Ribic are going to bring that to us. So that should be visually stunning and kind of off the wall. Um, So if you don't know a lot about The Eternals, you can kind of dig deep into that because that's where Marvel supposedly is wrapping a lot of the phase four type stuff for MCU. And so we just got to kind of start to see the pieces because they're going to give us a bit of a Can I just say that I'm not a fan of the <laughs> the tendency to bring books out of quasi retirement just to ramp up for a movie or another yeah. intellectual I don't think property? You're, I don't think you're wrong or that's unfair at all because unfortunately it, it seems pretty clear that that's why we're getting it. We're not getting it because someone said I have an amazing Eternal story to tell you. It's we got a movie coming. Let's let's print some books and make that money. And this is like I'm we'll fine if you have get a see. good property, like a good story and then develop it later, 
But I would rather, because I seriously don't think we got Tom King's vision because they thought, hey, it'll make a good TV show later. (laughs) Right? No, Um, exactly. I I I think think that's because good storytelling should organically produce media, not, hey, we've got to moderately make people aware of what's happening with this, like, D-string Heroes series. Um, So let's go ahead and start flooding the market with comics again so people at least have a remote idea of what's happening. Hey, man, the mouse is in charge and the mouse knows what he is doing. Doesn't he? Sort of. Maybe. I guess we'll see. Um, But just in case you weren't really sure what the mouse was about, it's money. Um, You're also going to get a Marvel crossover in Fortnite. Aren't you excited? Now, okay, before before with that, um, my kid (laughs) is having a freaking blast. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, Fortnite is a wonderful thing, but congratulations, season four, chapter two. If you are unaware or unindoctrinated to all of the money that you need to spend on Fortnite, uh, Marvel and the wonderful people at Epic Games have brought you the Nexus War. I don't know what that means, but it just means that you can buy Marvel skins and weapons and cool stuff in Fortnite and blast at things. But it's not just black, like there's actual <laughs> boss battles. Oh, okay. So this one's going to give a little more than some of the ones in the past. Okay. Because they just added cars like a a couple of things ago. Because I deal with my 12-year-old on the fact that she needs space on her Switch and everything else um, for when she's playing. Because I had to actually go out and buy a micro SD card on like Friday just for this update. Um, uh, But she's having a blast. And she's like, when you actually defeat a boss or a character or whatever else, you actually get their powers and weapons for that round. Ooh. So let's say you kill Dr. Doom. All of a sudden you got some Doom level stuff or whatever else. Um, But she's super excited about it. And the little, you know, motion scenes have been pretty dope. So like I've been watching her play this because, you know, I've I've not invested in it personally. But, you know, I've seen them do Aquaman stuff. I've seen them do Deadpool. I've seen them do something else. And I got to say that this one, I've seen them do Star Wars. Um, This straight up looks like the most ambitious one they've done so far it certainly has implied that in a lot of the run-up to it which is why i hit my radar um because yeah i played the vidgy games um but fortnite is a love-hate relationship for me um and when i saw that i was like oh that's heavy marketing for for what has been um fortnite in the past so i figured there was something to it and i guess there you go you've got some first-hand knowledge uh so if you don't know then i guess now you know and you need to download that bad boy and get you some of them sweet, sweet powers, which might actually make me revisit it, check it out for a little bit, because that does kind of sound really fun. And you can fight my 12-year-old. Congratulations. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then just going to get dunked on by a bunch of, of teenagers, because that's my life, apparently. Oh, video games. How I love and hate thee. Um, but let's see. Yeah, I'm just going to crush all the Marvel news, because I had a bunch. And so... We, we talked about the Eternals returning and heavy marketing at Fortnite so you can get some of that sweet Nexus War stuffs. Um, if you're losing track of what's happening in Marvel as comic books, let's catch you up briefly. So technically, currently, you are in the middle of a what is supposed to be the summer event, which is Empire. Anyone? Yeah. So kind of across... Readership and a lot of review sites, Empire's kind of been a whiff um, for folks. And from what I gather, it's going to end early um, because they kind of saw the writing on the wall that that one wasn't quite working out the way they wanted it to. 
And that's prepping you for the next Marvel extravaganza, which is X of Swords, which is going to be, I think it's a 23 or 26 crossover across all the X books. No actual event books. It's just across all of the X titles. So you need a checklist for that one. But when that's not enough, um, following not too far after it is going to be Enter the Phoenix, which is supposed to be kind of a revisit of Dark Phoenix and all of that, except, you know, the sale point on this one is anybody in the Marvel Universe could become the Phoenix this time. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt, too. Well, Um, it's that thing they did. What was it? I don't know. However many years ago it was where it was like the different X-Men could be the Phoenixes. Um, Avengers versus X-Men or whatever it was. Um, You know, that's like. Are, are you Lantern Corps? Are you Power Rangers? <laughs> what are you? So, well, but Well, the Phoenix is supposed to be a celestial being that's basically a parasite, but, you know, um, that inhab- inhabits other people. But, yeah, so, it. I mean, I'm at least somewhat interested in the, okay, it, if it can be anyone, then p- please use this to your opportunity to tell a really crazy story. But seeing as that's the third event in the list of stuff that's just boom, boom, boom events. Uh, I I don't know. It's part of the thing for me that I started as a heavy Marvel reader and slowly over the last three years, I just stopped reading a lot of it because it, none of it made sense anymore. And I guess it's why part of, you know, Chris's thing slid towards DC and towards the Indies, because I was like, I really like superhero books, but give me one. And, I was just talking in my shop this week and with some other folks is Marvel's best superhero book is probably the closest to being canceled of any Marvel book. Which one is that? Daredevil. It's close to being canceled? If I were to look at the cut line based on just who's actually reading it, if there's another book that's close to that line of a bunch of editors going, uh, that one's probably close. And that you better not, makes, dude. That makes me depressed based on right. It is probably one of the best superhero stories that's being told right now. And no, Chris won't apologize for that, even though he brings it up every week. We're going to talk about it once we get to our polls, because chips, uh, I'm slightly changing the game. First glimpse hit in annual number one. So, OK, Marvel, figure out what's going on over there and then do it everywhere else. I'll give you a secret. It's writing good stories. <laughs> That people enjoy. Um, So uh, this is me being hopeful. Maybe Enter the Phoenix can be good, but I see a lot of visiting the past lately in Marvel's line, and I'm not sure that's a good look for them. Um, That's all they've been doing for like the last five years is milking dead cows. I mean, it's that's probably why I have a poor view of another Infinity War. Oh, look, another Civil War. Oh, look, I'm stop, guys. Tell some new material and move on with your freaking life. You can call Civil, a, Civil War Two was a bit crisis, painful, <laughs> right? But let that let the rest go. Just let it go. Um, so yeah, um, there's a lot going on there. I just want to see something new and interesting. So I'm holding out. And for all of you that are like really disappointed in Chris and Hector right now, we're actually going to talk about a lot of Marvel books in the next section of the show. So calm your Calm down. We're going to get there. We promise. Um, for don't industry think people news, are mad at us at Marvel anymore. I think they're mad we don't have more indie. <laughs> That's probably fair. Oh, wait. I've got a couple. You've got a couple. Yeah, this is a good show. It's going to be great. <laughs> we'll save it for the podcast. You guys, just, just stick with us. We'll get there. Um, but continuing on at things in the industry in general, IDW appears to continue to be that ship that lots of holes are poking in. And that, that ship is starting to 
could go down. Um, for folks that were paying attention, I think we missed, we mentioned that they lost their, um, their chief guy, uh, Chris Ryle had moved on and that was after, you know, he had left, had hung out at image for a while and then returned to hopefully correct the ship. And then he was out. And then this last week, uh, two of some of their most longstanding sales, um, folks, Dirk Wood and Alex Cox, uh, announced that they were leaving for image. And so probably in the pile of industry news, everyone went cool. So what? But people that know IDW and the heart of that company, um, unfortunately, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle team is the only team left that I know is solid. And they're probably looking around going, yee, um, at the moment because Dirk and Alex are great people. So Image is making a great pickup uh, this week, but it's just more kind of tea leaves into what's going on in the world that something's not quite right over there. I'm not sure what it is, but just keeping an eye on it. So, And then that brings us to probably the thing that everybody wanted us to spend the entire show on, so we probably shouldn't. Um, but DC Fandom happened. Definitely don't give people what they want. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. We can't do that. Um, but yeah, DC Fandom, Dome, D-O-M-E. I, I'm still correcting people that it wasn't fandom. It, it was literally a dome. I don't know why that was a thing, but it was. Because it was their attempt to be a pun, but go on. It was a pun. It was. Um, and they gave us a metric ton of trailers of everything that every DC fan basically wanted in the past I talked to all of them and they agree. Yes. Yes. All the detectors like I checked in with my boys and girls and the DC fandom has said, yes, 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 please. Yes. And yes, a thousand times. So I think to make this easy, Hector, what were your three high points? The Gotham Knights trailer. Yep, we're going to play us some video games. That's for um, sure. Gotham Knights looked amazing. Gotham Knights looked amazing getting to be, you, you know me, Red Hood is that. But yep. also, my daughters watched the trailer and, you know, getting to be Barbara Gordon. Um, yep. Totally. Pl- I mean, so literally, if you had just given us a Barbara Gordon and Red Hood book, my family, or Red Hood game, my family was taken care of. Um, yep. But I think one of my favorite things was watching my 10-year-old literally crawl backwards on the couch when the Court of Owls thing happened. Right, because um, like they're like, oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, what the crap is that? And you know, that was and I thing. think even more so from the perspective, and I've seen some people talk about this, that it kind of reminded me of, hey, hey, DC, whoever's writing your video game should write a movie. Yes, because <laughs> some of, far as I'm concerned, some of their best storytelling has been in the Arkham series of games, and it looks like this is going to be cool too. Yes. So go on. All right. So Gotham Knights, we dig that. By the way, I have a article in the show notes that gives you all the trailers from Fandom and everything that we're talking about here. So Ooh, fantastic. You um, can click that bad boy and see what we're totally nerding over. The Pattinson beatdown in um, the trailer. Yep. Sparkly fingers. Uh, uh, you don't get to do looks... that anymore. He, he he's he's <laughs> redeemed himself. Shut up. Yeah, um, I guess I guess we get to finally see that. So boom. Um, because that was dope. Like, I think everybody was... I mean, the whole trailer looked great, but, like, when he's like, who are you? And he's like, snap, crackle, pop. I'm vengeance. I'm like, oh, okay then. Yes, he is. So I honestly feel like the the Pattinson trailer put a lot of people in a better place in terms of that. But honestly, the whole thing looked dope. Can I just say... Yeah, no, that I'm excited for hopefully now I've seen some articles today that are questioning this, but I'm like, no, don't take this from me, that hopefully this is like a legit Riddler um, as the villain as well, 
because yeah. I was like, ooh, I dig it. And that's why I'm totally team Edward. And if you didn't get that joke, doesn't matter. Ha <laughs> ha. That w- dude, how great would that be if Riddler wore a shirt that said team Edward? Ha <laughs> ha. It's, it's punny. Oh, you, can hate, you can hate me for that one later, but I don't care. If you if you're a well, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you don't know. But Edward Enigma is the Riddler. Just go on. Yep, there you, there you are. Moving on. I, I guess it boils down to me for um, I I will go with the uh, Suicide Squad's trailer. Um, uh, for the, for the movie, movie or the second game. Okay. Yep. Or we could just say Suicide Squad in general. The game looks interesting, yep. but yes. I need a cinematic. I know can be a lie. Um. Also agree. Give me a gameplay and I'll look at that because we saw gameplay in Gotham Knights. And while it looked a little over the top, I'm not mad. Um, Like when Nightwing like has a freaking hurricane surrounding him, you know, that's like what's happening. Um, But uh, no, the seeing the depth of the Suicide Squad. I personally, here's the thing. I'm a James Gunn fan. I was a James James Gunn fan from Slither and Super, like before he had money. Um, or Guardians fame. And I just believe in what he wants to do with this. I believe in the people attached to it. You've got Peter Capaldi as a villain. Um, I'm I'm here for this. Um, I believe... Yeah, the number of people on that team and the number of people that are tier one Hollywood talent right now is insane. And so that, that's like, I don't know. I, I don't know how they paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I guarantee half that list doesn't make it out of the first scene. Right? No. And they said, don't get attached to anyone was literally the tagline. Yeah. Uh, um, being that, being yeah. James Gunn, I could see him killing everybody, but Harley in the intro. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, that being said, it's, um, I, I I think the game and just the resurgence of Suicide Squad that I am less excited about the game than I am the movie. I'm more excited about the movie. Hands down. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I think those three things. My kids are more excited about Wonder Woman and I'm yep, not mad. Wonder Woman 1984. Um, we finally right. see the cheetah. Yeah. So, all right. Give me yours. Go ahead. So I would say I'm actually pretty excited for Wonder Woman. Um, I, there's some things in there that I'm like, I guess I'm just going to have to see it um, to know how much it annoys me or not, because there's still some of those things of, you know, why, why, why Trevor's still alive? Um, but fine. It's comics. I'm down. No, that's it. Well, OK, dude, I'm telling you this. I've said it before. Um, this is legitimately Max Lord's thing of giving people what they think they want. He's right. a, he's either magically there but with a catch or he's a figment or whatever else i'm down for that he's not legit back uh i also want to see just a totally maniacal max lord and based on promos i don't know if we're i feel like we're gonna get cheesy bond villain version as opposed to the like diehard dude that i'm expecting but i get it we all have different views of stuff, so but I'm still excited to see it because it looks dope and Wonder Woman's. I been... felt more like an Indiana Jones villain, but yeah, I feel you. Yeah, there you go. Um, I was all about Suicide Squad as well. I'm actually kind of excited for the Snyder Cut, and oh, I feel I, weird I, I about even that. Put that in my top three because I, I'm breathing. You understand that? That's the I, I've been about the Snyder Cut for years. So right. So. I'm looking at it and the early pictures of dark side and like everything is like, Oh, that they're clearly this movie actually is going to be a very different movie, but somehow with majority of the same parts. So I'm down to see how that plays. No, it's from my understanding. It's not, they're not, no, no, there's a ton of other photography. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm curious to see how the parts that we did see will interact and that somehow we ended up someplace on a different planet. So either way, excited to see how that plays out because all of even what clearly was test footage um, looks pretty good. Um, so all about that. And also, even though it was another cinematic and kind of setup, um, I dug finally seeing and hearing what they were going to do with Black Adam. And so I'm ready to see The Rock play Black Adam. Well, I mean, I literally, it. they gave you the little gold shimmery thing in Shazam. That right. was his story. So, yep. eh, I, I, I am not more excited about Black Adam. I am excited that Black Adam, it will exist so that we can have more Shazam. Sure. And, and we, we, we only got Shazam so Black Adam could, exi- it could exist, and I'll take it. <laughs> and here we are. So, I mean, just tons of stuff got announced. I mean, I don't think it's even in this article, so it's unfair. Um, but I think there were two tabletop games that got announced on top of all this stuff. So if you've got an itch and you love DC, there's comics coming, there's movies coming, there's shows coming, there's video games coming, and there's tabletop um, games coming. So DC said, would you like some of the intellectual property? And someone said, yes, please. And they gave you a metric ton of it and boom and far as i've heard oh like i'm sorry like probably the most important part buried in all of this is also that milestone is coming back so we hopefully will get static shock in brand new existence as early as february next year so bam all kinds of stuff going on it's crazy um so did you see that they're like uh dream casting the kid from stranger things aesthetic oh interesting okay like because he's grown ish now i mean he looks like right. a man so they're they're talking about him aesthetic so there you go so tons of stuff going on at marvel tons of stuff going on at dc and that's what you need to know. Uh, that's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you all of that inside knowledge and kind of that back and forth. And as always, you can join in um, on the conversation with Hector and I and all of your nerdy friends over at Love Thy Nerd on Facebook and now over in the world of Discord, which I know is confusing to Hector, but we provide links to you guys so that you can find us. I and- still don't know what a Discord <laughs> is. <laughs> but we have both of those things. So you can check the show notes for the Discord link and you can find us over on Facebook at Love Thy Nerd community so sign up come hang out with us talk comics because there's lots of other nerds over there and they share your fandoms too so you don't just got to listen to hector and i there's tons of cool folk over there so i think that brings us to probably the most important part of the show which is what on earth have we been reading for the last few weeks um so hector uh what what jumped out at you for the last couple weeks that you just have to talk to all of our wonderful fans about? Um, I straight up don't even remember what happened a week ago. So um, <laughs> that's my... why we take that's why we take notes and we read from them when we record. Um, eh. um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly do be- not. Do better, um, me. But uh, I would say that. Um, for me, one of the ones that jumped out at me, I enjoyed Three Jokers. Um, oh, I this, really did too. It was a good read. It definitely says, hey, look, I'm, uh, as the one of my local shop guys said, this is to the killing joke as um, Doomsday Clock is the Watchman. 
Yes. So briefly on that, because it's literally what I've told people is major Jeff Johns projects in the last two years have literally been his love letters to his favorite pieces of DC. And uh, my shop owner was like, oh, that's a really good point. I'm like, no, that that's literally what you're looking at. Just we all hope that Doomsday Clock would have ended a little cooler. So, John, don't don't mess this one up. <laughs> well, there's, there's only three issues, right? Yeah, there's only three. And we've got the first third third in the books and it ended just mm. it, it's up to you whether we want to jump into that one or not. But were, no, were you happy we, we with could, that or were you confused? Um, I'm OK with it. Um, OK, I'm not. I mean, I'm not overly excited but like here's here's why i do like it it's a jason todd and joker centric story yep. where you have jason todd on parallel and par with barbara gordon and batman so you get him actually doing treated like doing a, jason todd stuff no less yeah doing jason Toddness, but like he's straight up treated as an equal which you don't get in a lot of bat books um that's fair they do uh you delve into the three concepts of the different jokers of the idea that there's the criminal, the clown and the uh, comedian. And do we want to talk about part of the hook there? Because I found the interesting part being at first, I was wondering if this was a multiverse thing, but then this book gives us a glimpse of it might not be. No, I don't think it's multiverse, but go ahead. Chew on. Yeah. So did you catch on? We'll talk about this a little bit of spoiler because it's not huge. It's just if you thought it was multiverse, then well, then I guess you may be disappointed. But um, the Jokers, all three of them are planning the next Joker thing, for lack of a better term. And one of those things is recruiting the next guy. Um, and that's kind of where we get left in the middle of a lot going on in the first book is that supposedly they are on the prowl for the next of them and it implies that they basically find a new one whenever they need one but supposedly one of them is quote unquote the joker so part of this shuffle and everything is who was the original joker and who who is that joker yeah and how many times have they found other people so i dig it because it's a it's more grounded in less comic craziness than I thought, at least for what we see so far. It could still be any of those things. And they could be recruiting from multiverses. I mean, that's not... Right, that's true. They didn't say. um, But they almost did say create if they didn't say it directly. Right. Um, No, they certainly implied that they find and kind of meld. And that's why when you talked about the archetypes, that that was kind of the savage background or broken background that the, each of those jokers came from that created them. So it's interesting. I'm definitely in. And I was concerned. But that's uh, as far as the big ending. Um, yeah. uh, for me, you know, it's if I'll, I'll just say this. If you've read DC's Countdown, this isn't mm. anything new for you. Um, mm. so, um, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that's good, but, but it's a fantastic story. I'm looking forward to it. The covers are amazing. Um, they, for some of the variant covers, each shop has to order at least 50 copies of each one yep. in order to get the variants. And, um, I was really grateful that the shop I stopped at had the one with the red hood on it. Um, but just the, just the fact that this is a direct sequel to the kit to, uh, death and the family for me is what I love. Um, so there's that pick it up. Yep. Amazing Spider-Man, uh, 47 still dealing with the sins rising with the, um, the, the sin, sin eater. eater. 
and he's building himself a little army. But then we get to the one thing that I kind of hoped was going to happen in that when people start to find out that this guy can literally redeem you and take your sins away, that people are voluntarily asking to be vanquished so they can be free of their sins. Um, yeah, at first I was like, well, that's a little fight clubbish," And then the dude rolled in and they explained that whole bit. And I was like, ooh, go on. Because realistically speaking, on a spiritual level, um, how many of us, if we knew we could go up to anyone and be specifically set free from a sin that haunts us or that has power over us? Yeah, you, you grant that that's what the Holy Spirit's for. And that's what, like, you know, Jesus <laughs> literally is about. But then when, I mean, if you think even back biblically with the Apostle Paul of like, you yeah, know, I prayed three times for this and I still have this thorn in my flesh. Like, literally, if you could walk up, dude, handle this for me. Like, right. pop this awkward pimple on my back. Do this thing that I can't do on my own and do it. So I, I am enjoying that level of it. I'm enjoying Spider-Man being confused because one of the things that you aren't getting in this book right now is Spider-Man quipping. And he's just confused, which is fascinating. And that's the thing. When we're dealing with an adult Peter Parker, I like a little more maturity meat on my bone, so to speak. So I like the fact that Spider-Man's bewildered. Um, So uh, there's that. Uh, I will. I'm going to go way left field um, on my (laughs) list because it's been a while since I've even touched this book. But the Teen Titans annual number two. Uh, it's, you know, as we're getting to the end of the Teen Titans, you know, world. And right. for the record, we're not talking um, uh, Bendis' Titans. We're talking about Rob and Damian Wayne's team right. um, Titans. Uh, and the as a collector or wherever else you're at, um, this might be an issue you want to pick up because this has Damian Wayne uh, leaving the role of Robin. Oh, dang. Um, yeah. So, so he's he's breaking Nightwing? Yeah, less <laughs> less that and more okay. um like literally the cover of it uh has the costume on the ground and says I was Robin. Um Oh, so he's just going to walk. He just walked. Um, that's more Damien. Yeah. And that's the thing like uh Damien has gone hardcore and become uh on under his own like devices with the team he's literally gone through and done most of what every other power hungry dc superhero has done you've got Mm -hmm. him uh racing minds and tampering with minds you've got him holding a private prison via flash you've got him uh killing people um and with this teen of impressionable team of impressionable teenagers like trying hard to like do him so if you're a damien fan you don't have to know a lot of the story you can pick up the annual number two and just roll with it. But basically, it's Batman versus Damien versus Deathstroke um, with the Teen Titans uh, trying to just keep the peace and it all boiling down and throwing down. So um, so I got to go back and pick that up, apparently. If, if that's your cup of tea. Um, I at least want to see it. Teen Titans, as the book, kind of felt like it wandered a little bit after the first couple arcs. So I kind of was like, I can revisit this. And this sounds like a revisit time because I want to see how that I want to understand how that plays out, at least. Yeah, this is the culmination of everything. And this is huh. uh, Bruce and Damien having their father mentor heart to heart thing, which I'm really yep. interested to see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Damien, know. the the thing about 
it literally having like the weirdest parents in the world has made the Damien teenager going on 50 something that we've come to love and enjoy that little scamp. Um, and you also, one of the other factors that makes me throw this out as a pull is you get to see Damien's perspective on Alfred getting killed. Ooh. Um, Cause well, he also internalized it because he blamed himself for it, but he physically watched it happen. Right. Like Batman, he was the only one there. Yeah, he was the only one there, and so uh, you get that—the guilt, all of that in it—and um, yeah. So that—that's it. It's—it's it's the end of Damien as Robin. Of course, it's comic books; he'll be back or whatever. But um, as it stands, it's a really solid issue with that. And then the last thing I want to hit is um, Ace Blade. Um, and which is probably a hero you're not crazy familiar with, but, um, he is out of the fourth wall productions, short fuse media. Um, and Ace Blade is a costume vigilante in Vegas who, uh, deals with the concept of greed. And, um, we are a little more associated with Ace Blade as individuals, Chris and I, because we know the creator and we've done Comic Cons with him. And yep. we, you know, I've been booth buddies with the creator of this comic book um, at many Comic Cons. And uh, it's that thing of it's an independent book, you know, it takes time to produce and everything else. So Ace Blade has four issues out and it's put out in a trade. Um, Ace Blade, the first trade of it, and it's, uh, the Vegas Vigilante. It's got four issues in it, but it's also got a handful of mini stories, like one or two page stories throughout, like a, a good handful of those. Plus it comes with digital conks. Um, nice. and one of, one of my favorite things, and I was talking with him, and by the way, it's Danny Quick is the creator, Danny J. Quick. And, um, hi Danny. Hi Danny. Um, but one of the things with it is that, um, because it's an independent book, it's not always going to be perfect and it's going to be, it's going to be able to tell, you know what I, I started and I succeeded and I failed and made mistakes. One of my favorite things in it is that he actually has a thing at the back of the book pointing out Easter eggs and failures and things like that <laughs> of like, it's great. I drew this this way and it was wrong. Or I said this and that was the wrong date. Like, uh, like and he's pointing it out like, haha, let's learn from things. Um, but it's, you know, I, I've worked with Danny and it's one of the things I was excited to get my hands on the trade. So uh, if you want to check out an independent author, independent comic book company, and actually pick up an actual trade and not just... Because one of my... It, 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 listen... If you're a comic book creator and you're doing Kickstarters and all these things, I'm not taking shots at you. I love you. I'm making a little heart emoji with my hands. But here, just, just get ready to duck. <laughs> um, if you're an independent Kickstarter creator and you make one issue of your book and people have to wait three years to get the second issue, it's hard to care. Um, That's real right there. <laughs> because I've got lots of friends that make dope first issues of stories. And my kids will be in college before we get to issue three. Um, so I like investing in indie creators when I can get a graphic novel worth. Now, what I didn't realize, and because I didn't pay attention, I guess because I'm dumb, um, that the graphic novel and the comics are actually the follow-up because Ace Blade started as a novel. I actually didn't know that. That's um, cool. I dig it. Danny wrote the novel of Ace Blade while he was in the military stationed in Iraq. And so there is a full novel 
that contains a deep cut background story on Ace Blade as a character and everything else. So uh, the comics, like I think he said, are like the first three chapters. And what the story he's going through is going not only through the novel, but beyond. So um, got you. So there is an actual if, if you say, man, four issues still isn't a lot of comics. No, it's not. But there's an actual novel. And one of the cool things they're doing is uh, they're actually doing super short podcasts where they're actually telling comic book character stories via the podcast medium. So you get this character. So if you enjoy the character and why, who he is and everything else, if you just want to take a stab at a really good indie book um, and you can see the heart behind it, I think Ace Blade's a good one for you. So and there you go. Hector giving uh, some of that indie love today. So that's good stuff. What about you? All right. So I feel like I just picked up everything with a number one on it this week and almost all of it was wonderful, which is super rare. But before that... um. Batgirl number 48. So I think last episode we talked about 47 being quite possibly the best part of the Joker War because it was just... I'm still it's there. A, it's a stuff. that Lots of stuff happened in that. It was. It's not a fun book. You experience it. Um, and 48 kind of continues that entire path. And we get some of Batgirl's recovery from the events of... 47 and into just an absolutely bonkers ending that has me saying, I know this book is about to go away soon too, but I think I'm about to resubdue it because you just put two banging books back to back and made me go, okay, I care. And in all of the good ways of storytelling in the bat universe. So I don't need to spend a lot of time there. Just know that you can pick up 47 and get to the end of 48 and go, okay, I want to know more. Um, because a very it does wild help story. If you read um what was that mini series that where the the people became Joker who laughs people. Where Gordon and it was the the Snyder thing before Death Metal. What was it? Before Death Metal. Oh, um just metal or the one offs or the thing with the um Batman Who Laughs. Yeah, that was all part of metal. Okay. Well coming out of that um, where Jim Gordon becomes a uh, man who laughs and Shazam and Batgirl and those guys. Um, right. th- it spins out of that and you actually get some James Gordon Jr. stuff in there with his psychopathic self. So. Yes, um, which also has me highly intrigued because that's an interesting character in and of itself. Um, I also picked up Locking Key is Back. Um, so lock and key in the pale battalions go, um, we are actually looking at world war one era, um, key house and the family that currently resides there. And you get dropped into a story where the child during this time period is trying to find a way to go fight in the war. And he's like barely 14, he's 14, 15 being portrayed in all this. So he's used a couple keys to try to like bounce around the world to lie about his age. And he's finally got access to a key that made him look older than he is. And he's basically going to find his way off to fight in world war one. And that's your setup for the new lock and key kids. I have no idea where it's going from there, but it's beautiful. Lock and key is back. Do you need to have read the previous books to jump in on this? 
I don't feel like you did because I'm not up to speed on all of the things that came previously. So basically, if you have a base knowledge of what Lock and Key is about, you probably have enough information to at least start here. I don't know if they'll start going back to previous um, things as this story goes, but if you have a basic understanding of what the keys do, which means you've watched the Netflix show, I think you won't be punished for jumping in here. Or at least it appears that's the case so far. So if you at least have a general idea of the concept, you should be okay. And honestly, you will kind of pick it up real quick anyway because they show you um, what's going on. And for folks that don't really know, Lock and Key is kind of this strange universe where there's a key. There are keys that can do multiple types of things. Like, I don't even know where to begin explaining this. But, like, there can be a key that you put in a keyhole and turn it and open it. And on the other side of the door is anywhere in the world. And that's that key's function. There are other keys that can do things um, like turn you into a specter or into a ghost. So you literally, your body drops on the floor and you can fly around and do other things. If you can imagine it, there's probably a key for it. And I think that's what makes this universe super awesome. Um, The main thing that you need to know is that uh, Joe Hill is one of the brain children behind it. So um, Stephen King's kid. So if you're into that suspense slash thriller slash what on earth is going on, then this type of stuff is going to be your jam for sure. Um and then I spent a lot of time over in Marvel World. I picked up uh, Fantastic Four, um, the antithesis or antithesis. Take your pick, you know, fun big words. But there's a four-part story that Wade and um, so Mark Wade and Neil Adams are telling with the Fantastic Four. And I was like, okay, you said Mark Wade. I'm, I'm down. Um, tell, tell me a story, Mark. And basically what you all you need to know from the first issue of whether you care or not is, you know, the Fantastic Four looks and feels a lot like the Fantastic Four. Um, And the Silver Surfer comes crashing into the planet. They didn't know it was the Surfer. They find him and they're like, yo, you're like injured and stuff. What gives? You're supposed to be the Herald of Galactus and under Galactus's control and protection. And... I'm going to spoil you because I think this is what's going to make a lot of you pick up the books is the surfer looks at all of them and says, Galactus is dead. And I'm like, tell me more. So it's, it's going to be a tight miniseries, but whatever has happened on this plane of existence, the devourer of worlds is gone and we don't know why, and whatever attacked him and destroyed him and potentially killed him is apparently in the process of destroying the Surfer. So for those of you that don't know, those are two incredibly powerful beings in the Marvel um, universe. So I was like, I'm down, and I'm not even sorry that I semi-spoiled that for some of you because I think where that story's going to go is worth you knowing why you should be invested. Um, Because otherwise, that opening salvo was just kind of a very typical Fantastic Four saves New York kind of story. And so it it gave you the feels of the four, the first family, um, and then dropped that bomb on you. And you're like, okay, I want to know more. So I'm down. And then my final pickup, because I told you we would talk about it, was uh, Daredevil Annual Number 1, where Chip just goes off the deep end and rewrites part of daredevil's existence and i was at first very concerned because i heard all the articles saying that this this day was coming that chip was going to drop something that was going to change um matt murdoch and then i read it and i went oh yeah that changes matt but now i'm not angry 
So well, and this isn't, and it, I know it changes things, but this isn't as out of left field as some might think. This actually no. just shores up something we've already dealt with. Right. So, yeah, the important part here is that back even before Swole finished, he introduced us to By the Mike. way, I love how well Sadarsky's done Right. Just like walking hand in hand with Sewell on his run with this. So let's talk about that because this is basically it. We got Mike Murdoch, who is Matt's twin brother that doesn't exist. It literally is a projection that became real of a fake twin brother that Matt, Matt made for himself to attempt to keep him sane when he was kind of going insane. Did that track for everyone? Because that is the most comic book statement I'm going to make today. Um, that Matt's imaginary twin brother exists. Well, Chip took that theory and moved it all the way into that Mike found a particular stone in the Marvel's universe that allowed him to rewrite history and literally created himself. He recreated what didn't occur of actually growing up as Matt Murdock's brother to actually have happened. Hey, Chris, does that mean Yo. he wrote his way out? I guess so. <laughs> Darn it. <sighs> so I wasn't angry at the end of that. I was like, OK, you literally just gave me a comic book reason for why Matt's not real, but real twin brother now actually exists and why he is the way he is and why certain things in Matt's existence are the way that they are. And we hit the end of daredevil annual number one with Matt Murdoch always had a twin brother. And that makes my head hurt in a lot of ways, but at the same time makes me go, now this is kind of great and I'm kind of excited for it. Well, so if, if you are familiar with this end of the entertainment spectrum, it's season five of Buffy. <laughs> this is Dawn Summers. Um, the fact that if you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer when season five started, all of a sudden Buffy had a sister that she didn't have before, but she'd always remembered her being there. Yep. And this is it. And I think that's the important thing to understand here is that Mike is still the thing about Mike is he literally is kind of the mirror um, looking into the dark mirror of, you know, he should have a goatee kind of thing. Um, because he's not a good guy and he has been working for Kingpin and all that stuff. So this just finally solidified all those pieces. And that tells me a fight is coming or something. And of course, the last time we saw Matt, Matt was, you know, getting locked up for, you know, finally admitting who he was in Daredevil and all that. So I'm like super excited for what's happening in Daredevil. So that's why I really hope more of you will go and pick up Daredevil so it doesn't become dangerously close to the bottom line of Marvel that their editors start going, why am I paying for this? Because that's why we're paying for it. It's freaking great. Um, and I'm not apologizing for that. So those were all my exciting picks. But I know to close out the show, we should probably tell all of the wonderful peoples what number ones really changed or jumped out at us for the week. So what was that number one for you? Mega Man number one from Boom Studios. Um, How many people had Mega Man fully charged from Boom Studios this week? <laughs> um, I it just sounded like a you know a dumb idea out the gate. Just why why bother? But honestly, it was not a bad read at all. I enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it actually delved into the the very light existence of the Mega Man mythos well. And gave us the potential for a story. Um, if nothing else, getting that shiny foil cover 
was dope for number one. But like, uh, I'm not telling you to buy a book by its cover, but it helped. Um, but honestly, it was a good story. Like out of the y'all, I spent a lot of money on comics this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, I spent upwards of 70 bucks on comics this week and I would easily put Mega Man in the top four of the stuff I read this week. Um, so that's the thing. Wow. Um, that happened. Yep. That happened. All right. Mega Man. So everyone can be shocked and awed that mine actually came from the Marvel world and in the least likely place. So Maestro, 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 somebody will correct us. But anyway, one of the many versions of the Hulk um, has his own book right now. And I looked at it and literally was like, nah, I I don't need this in my life. Um, But here we go. I actually enjoyed this book a ton that Banner like is dreaming and crazy stuff's going on and everything. And then he wakes up and he's surrounded by agents from AIM. He runs into MODOK and like all these bad guys and he's like flipping out and what's going on. And they're like, cool. Well, we put you in stasis when the thing happened. And he's like the thing. And they're like, yeah, the thing. Um, and you you should calm down because you've been sleepy sleeps for just a little while. Okay, a very long while. And they try to talk him down from, he's like, why would you do this? What What's the plan and everything? They're like, cool, you're the last Avenger superhero, etc. The world has literally nuked itself and we're kind of dealing with that right now. And he's like, yeah, cool, cool. Goes outside and the, the world's been nuked. There's, there's just stuff everywhere. Hollywood basically doesn't exist. There's pieces of buildings everywhere and banners just like huh and i think i hit the end of that book and came to the same conclusion that i was like okay i actually want to know more yeah and Um, i really feel like if they would have come if this would have been the main hulk book right now i feel like it would validate people continuing to read it because i know that people have been feeling on the fence about ewing's book but if this was the main hulk title i don't think people would complain Right, because I read it because it's like it's a number one. I, I I promise myself I will try new books to see what I may be missing or a new team can turn me around. And I hit the end of that, and I I've heard other people be like, I don't get it. I'm confused, and I'm sitting here like, this is fascinating. Give me more. Um, so I dig a book that's going to examine Banner really being in his head and literally being surrounded by the only friends he has now are what were enemies. Um, because the sun's getting real low. Yeah, sun's getting real low, um, <laughs> and you need to read this book to get that joke. Um, that because was low, when he low, when, by the way. when he yeah when he's in the Hulk um, matrix or whatever, they tried to give him things that calm him down, and they make some excellent references over and over again. So, yeah, I'm saying it. Marvel book, pick it up. It was super good. All right, kids, it's almost about that time, but we want to give you the fun part of the week. Hector has brought us a brand new segment, which is favorite out of context line and or panel. And so I'm going to give you my out of context quote for this week. And if you can figure it out, let us know in the community, shoot us a note and we will hook you up with some stuff. So, uh, Hey, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and put some skin in the game on this one. Uh, I'll give ooh. a faith and fame to book to, Ooh, uh, you can get yourself one of Hector's hard, either of these. So. Hard-written um, devos on the cool stuff that is out there. So, all right. Everybody ready? You've cleared your yep. minds. You're prepared. This is my random panel for the week. You might be surprised to learn this, but people don't always put on masks before they do terrible things. I read that. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. 
You might be surprised to learn this, but people don't always put on masks before they do terrible things. And I'm not talking about COVID. Yep. Nope. All right. What you got? Uh, This was mine. Uh, The fact is you can't save a world that's determined to destroy itself. The fact is you can't save a world that's determined to destroy itself. Sounding like Mr. Incredible, but you know. Yeah. Hmm. Where would those panels be from? Could it be comic books? <laughs> yeah, probably some comics. Maybe even some that we mentioned here on the show today. But that's going to do it for us here at the Pull List Podcast. Episode 10 of Season 2 is now in the books and now in your ears. But we couldn't possibly do this alone. As you know, we take this epic journey of podcasts and fandom with a metric ton of other new shows at Love Thy Nerd. Um, so check out lovethynerd.com. Uh, check out the podcast listen section. You can see that we got new stuff going on over there that – the network is growing. So if you have a niche that you think that you need a podcast for, we're probably getting closer to, we probably have a show for you to check out. So head on over to the website and check that out. But Hector and I personally, we just want to thank all of you for listening and coming to us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. So don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show on your podcasting app of choice. We're just about everywhere now. We're on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, I think, um, and so many other places. So if they have podcasts, you can probably find us. So rate and review, share with your friends because... The community groweth, and we want to share our nerddom with so many others. Thanks for listening, and remember, kids, read, read more comics. I'm going to take all seven continents.